I mean, I'd love to really throw my hat in the ring for rim to rim to rim. I know Walmsley has a great time there, but it'd be fun to crash and burn or give it a go. Too bad when people are afraid to go after the really fast ones, because that's what they're for. Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast, episode 78, this time with two people, Justin Grunewald and Amanda Basham. I'm talking with them from California. Welcome, Justin and Amanda. Thanks. We're excited to talk to you about it. Yeah. And you two are out there, I think you told me you were training for Lake Sonoma, is that right? Yep. Yeah, right on the course, so we're staying in Healdsburg. Ah, but that's not, uh, that's in April 11th, and we're recording this about a month before that. So you're, you're going to be out there the whole time, or what's your training plan here? Oh, no. We're just... Just checking out the course a month in advance. Yeah. Getting some gotcha. on it. Um, Justin just ran way too cool also. Ah, okay. All right, hitting the California circuit. Now, yeah. according to your little bios, which we are going to put... On the show notes, Justin, you're from Minnesota. I mean, do you actually live in Minnesota or do you travel around? I don't spend too much time in Minnesota, but I have a job and a residence there. Gotcha. So your job allows you to travel. Yep. Well, that's good. And Amanda, you wrote that you live kind of, sort of, theoretically in Arvada, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver. And you said you just bought a house but haven't even moved in yet. Correct. I actually closed on it while we were here, remotely. Okay. Well, I could ask you about your priorities, but maybe we don't need to. <laughs> I have a lot of priorities. Uh, you have a lot of priorities. Yeah. Oh, I've been in Colorado, though. So I've been in, I was in Utah for three years, and then I was in Colorado since September in Superior. Ah. Ah, okay. Good. Well... Uh, we're in beautiful downtown Boulder on the 10th floor of the Acme building overlooking the Flatirons. You should come to our studio sometime. We have the indoor swimming pool, climbing gym, organic cafe. I nice. could be kidding. I could be kidding about that, however. <laughs> so, Amanda, your race resume is pretty long. Um, that's why you used to live in Utah. I'm seeing a lot of things in the Northwest and in Utah in particular, but you also You've been at states, Western States 100 twice, fourth place both times. So you're kind of the 100K, 100-mile specialist. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'd am i say I'm still learning 100 miles. I've gotten 100K down pretty good. I think everyone's probably learning 100 miles. That's true. It kind of changes now, time. now, speaking of traveling, you two were in Hawaii uh, and did the Kalalau Trail. The Colorado Trail is fantastic. It's about 10 miles one way, and it's definitely an out and back because you, once you get out there, you have to run back. There's, there's nothing else. It's on the, it's on the, uh, right on the coast of the famous Nepali coast, N-A-P-A-L-I, which are 4,000 foot sheer cliffs that you can't even climb, let alone run up. There's no trails, no roads. So it's 10 miles in, 10 miles back out on the Pacific Ocean. So tell me about that. Here it is just a little bit of winter here in the northern climates. Was it fun being on the Kalalau? Um, I thought it was great. I kind of avoided winter this entire winter. Um, so I wasn't even planning on doing it. It was supposed to be Sally McRae. And I was going to go, you know, kind of be there for support. Um, and Sally wasn't able to go. And so I decided to take her place. 
for the women. Yeah, Barry and I had planned a trip to kind of just go hang out in Hawaii, and then we were going to try to rope an FKT into it. So we looked at a few different Hawaiian FKTs, and he settled on that one for me. And then Sally was going to come do the women's. We kind of roped Amanda in last minute. She ended up doing the women's. And the plan was to see the see the trail and see the course for me a few days before, then go after it myself. But uh, I guess we kind of... I mean, you saw it. Yeah, we, we saw it. We saw some of the humidity and things like that. We definitely underestimated the humidity. I just wasn't even thinking about it being in Colorado. Um, oh. And so we... I just don't think we prepped really great for the day that I did it. Um, we kind of stayed up late. But it was more to check it out for Justin's anyways. And then about five miles in to mine... We realized we had no electrolytes, but kind of couldn't turn around at that point. Yeah. And it hit just about halfway in. So yeah. halfway in, you decide you better finish it off. But but actually, halfway in means you're a quarter of the way in, because you still got to come back out. Yeah, so we got to the waterfall, and I was basically completely trashed and done, and told Amanda to just keep going when she did okay. her the attempt, though. She was kind of half supported or yeah. supported me for half of her FKT. <laughs> uh, yeah. I kind of sat there debating if I should go or not because he didn't look very good. Yeah. <laughs> was that bad? Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty bad. bad. Yeah. I just <laughs> dehydrated because I was kind of rashed in the water for her and then just kind of puked my guts out and was not doing well. And it was super hot. Yeah. It was probably 80. 85 degrees and 85% humidity, yeah. basically. So, well, you avoided I mean, winter. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, for him, it was a good learning experience for three days later. Yeah. Didn't really want to go do it again, but all right. <laughs> well, no, you could, you, you, obviously, nothing you can do about electrolytes. But you could certainly drink out of the waterfall. You don't need water. Well, maybe you thought you did, but you don't really need any water purification there. Did you drink out of the waterfall? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, the, okay. Well, I was so sick that I couldn't keep anything down. I think I just, like, reached that point of, like, overheat, over, I don't know. I was messed up. I was, like, tunnel vision. But my attempt, I drank out of every waterfall and every stream. I just dipped the bottle every time I crossed. Right. Yeah. On my way back, since I was by myself, I just filled up my water bottle every every stream. There's quite a few. So, like, I think you could just go out there with a bottle yeah. and fill it up or maybe two handhelds yeah. on right. your own. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to get serious, you could eat wild guavas off the trees when you got there. But that would be – that would take more time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Justin found an orange on his way back. Yeah. That was delirious. <laughs> yeah, so I got oh, back. terrific. And Billy and I talked for a while, and we were wondering if Justin was ever going to get back, and it was probably a couple, <laughs> hours, couple hours later. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Full on. Well, it's interesting because uh, you two have this mountain background, done a lot of stuff, uh, uh, Amanda, you've done UTMB, so now that you're out there at sea level at 85 degrees in Hawaii, but it was 
still worked you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all really different, but it's all hard. Mm -hmm. I think humidity is five times harder than altitude any day. Yeah. Yeah, Especially when you're not acclimated to it. Oh, I can go up to... I can run at 10,000 feet and feel fine, but 80% humidity is just torture. Yeah, same for me. Interesting. I'd rather go above 10,000 feet. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, the uh, cow out, I think it's just terrific. It's a little harder to get into now, I believe. They, don't they have day permits, something yeah, like that? Yeah, you can permit like three months in advance. Oh, okay. They're pretty well, this is good to hear. Yeah. So basically, people need to go on the website and get a permit three months in advance. Is it a parking permit or is it a permit it's just to walk on the trail? itself but then you need a permit to go you can go the first two miles without a permit but you need the actual camping permit even to go past the first two miles even if you're not camping i see okay all yeah. right that's good to know and hmm. if the hard part is the night before or it's two nights before the trail was closed because they got so much rain so it can once that river fills it, they just close it so it's closed quite frequently I see. Well, when I was out there, of course, none of that was in effect. You just sh showed up and did it. Yeah. But that makes that makes sense. Okay, that's 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 how things are going. That's yeah. good to know. Apply for a permit in advance. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, so Amanda went uh, four hours forty-seven minutes, and then Justin, you went back three days later and boy you want you had a you had a much better day than you did then i guess you brought your electrolytes you yeah. went 343 over an hour faster you're like five hours faster than i did the day <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty dry when i did it and then it rained it was really muddy for mine yeah, yeah it rained basically those three days so the day he did it was super muddy i think you could go a lot faster in better conditions Okay, right, but you can't quite plan on better conditions. No. Yeah, totally. All right, excellent. Well, thanks for the report. Yeah. And there's other things to do for for listeners should know. There's plenty of other trails to do in Hawaii. The Grand Canyon of Hawaii is sort of on the other side of the Nepali Cliffs. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's a lot of other trails to do. You don't have to do the Kaolawa Trail when you're there. Yep. They're all beautiful. oddly. Oddly, the highest, uh, the wettest spot on Earth, literally, the wettest spot measured on Earth is right above the Nepali Cliffs. It's the highest mountain in Kauai, a name I cannot possibly pronounce. It's like, you know, eight syllables, all consonants. Um, and there's not even a trail to the top of it. So there's, there's some interesting things in Kauai. Yeah, it's beautiful. There's a lot of stuff going on. Well, one of the things that's going on, of course, is uh, uh, Justin is the Brave Light Gabe Foundation, and we had uh, had a brief conversation with Ladia Ladia uh, Junkins Albertson Junkins, and he, she was the number four female FKT of the year for her Timberline Trail, and she was all about the Brave Light Gabe Foundation, and yeah. Ladia actually had a, a good day. A week ago, Saturday, at the Olympic marathon trials, she qualified for that and had a good run. Yeah. And so we will certainly put that on our website. But, uh, Justin, tell us a little bit more about the foundation, what you would like to see happen. 
Yeah, so I mean, Ladia, when she did the Timberline, we turned that into a fundraiser for the Brave Like Abe Foundation. I think we raised over $12,000 and she crushed it. It's a good day out there. I ran that with her. Um, but the foundation raises money for rare cancer research. And then I guess a side effect of what we do or what I'm more, I mean, I'm passionate about raising money for rare cancer research, but we also kind of empower people to like get outside and stay active and be active, whether you're dealing with cancer treatment, depression, anxiety, all those things, and really try to spread a lot of hope while doing that. So with my platform, I've been trying to do some of these longer runs, hopefully pursue a bunch of FKTs this summer and fall. And I turn them into fundraisers, but at the same time, I think when people see someone going and running like 40, 50, 60 miles, it inspires them to be able to go walk or run like one or two or three miles, which I think makes a big difference in their life just to get outside, get some fresh air and kind of recharge the battery. Nice. Nice. And your uh, wife died of a rare form of cancer. Yep. Yeah, she had a cancer called adenoid cystic carcinoma. So she started the foundation in 2018. She was a professional track athlete her whole life. Um, and when the running wasn't, when she couldn't compete at the same level running because of treatment and procedures and all that, she kind of focused more of her attention on the foundation. So other people wouldn't have to, or I guess other people would have more options for their type of cancer than she had. Gotcha. And I know it's, it's spread. Again, it'll be in our written show notes so people can go there and, and donations are certainly still being accepted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, we raised over $1.5 million last year. Looking $1.5 million. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, good work. Well, speaking of last year, last July, the Diamond League uh, track meet in Monaco, they renamed it the Brave Light Gabe Mile. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Woman's world record was set. I was actually at that event. It was pretty cool. Oh, you were at Monaco for the when the woman's world record in the mile was sent? Yep. Oh, wow. Good for you. Nice work. Well, it's uh you guys do get around a little bit, don't you? Many you long way from Minneapolis. Yeah. Um <laughs> Well, you've mentioned what's coming up next here. So let's uh Let's just go with Amanda here. You're 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 a you want you want to do uh, some more races, I imagine. But you also mentioned big mountain adventures and things like that. So what's what's coming up for you, Amanda? Um, I mean, with racing, obviously Lake Sonoma and potentially Lavarado if it's not canceled from coronavirus. Um, but I really want to do four pass loop. I've actually I've still never done it. It's so seasonal, and I was living in Utah, so I didn't have as quick access to it as I do now so I really want to get out there this summer okay and for listeners should know the four pass loop goes above Aspen Colorado it's named because it goes over four different passes it isn't super long but the whole thing stays high and like you say is a pretty quick season for it and if mm -hmm. you hit it in late July it's a field of wildflowers yeah but last last winter was so rough for everyone that the snow melted really late and then winter came so soon. It was really like a, a max of two months, maybe like one and a half months where you could get up there. Right. 
Right. So he managed to make it last year either. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping for okay. July here. Right. Well, the snowpack currently is at 111% of normal and that drainage in Colorado. Uh, so we're a little above, but we just started March, and the whole thing is decided basically in March and April. Okay. January and February aren't that important. So we're a little bit above average right now. Quick heads up. Okay. That's good to know. Yep. Nice, yep. though. I mean, it was hotter there when we were at way too cool, right? It was... It was pretty cold, and we were in California, and it was 70 degrees in Boulder. <laughs> Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> you never know. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to be positive, and hopefully it'll be fine in July. <laughs> right. That, that's, that's the only way to go, because you can't argue with Mother Nature at all. Yeah. So. <laughs> Four passes loop, you mentioned soft rock. Soft yeah. rock, of course, is the hard rock course, but it's a great name, I think. Soft rock means doing the exact hard rock course, but do it, doing it over the span of a few days and yeah. having someone meet you or go to motels at night. Usually you have to have someone meet you because otherwise there's some a 50-mile gap in one of the legs. So soft rock is kind of a fun way to do the hard rock course, and, of course, no one's stopping you from doing it anytime you want. No, that's true. I I like to do it as kind of a social event, though. So it'd be fun to go out when everyone does it before Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. people, there's always yeah. a big the people that do it a few days before the actual race. So right, I'm sure that'll happen again this year, and I think that would be the most fun way to do it. Right. Yeah. Well, it's so tight. They let 145 people in, so your chances of getting in, unless you if you're just applying or somewhat less than 1%, I think someone did the actual calculation. It's around 1%. Unless you've volunteered aid stations or you've been trying to enter it for five years, or of course, if you're a previous finisher and things like that, the rate goes up. So yeah, if you want to do the course, better just to do the course. Yeah, for sure. But you also mentioned, Amanda that you were thinking of doing the UTMB course over a few days, which is different. That's actually classic. The Ultra Tour du Mont Blanc Mm -hmm. is mostly the TMB, the Tour du Mont Blanc, which has been there for decades. It it precedes the race by decades, and it's a signed route around the Mont Blanc Massif. So you're thinking, even though you've raced it once, you're thinking of doing that over a few days also. Well, yeah, it was such a bummer. I mean, not that UTMB is a bummer. Like, it's an awesome race to do. You <laughs> run most of the race during the night, and then once the sun comes up, you're so tired, you really don't care what things look like. <laughs> so I kind of want to go out there and enjoy it over a few days and sleep in the little huts and have croissants on the side of a mountain and just have fun. That makes perfect sense. I, I agree completely. And oddly, uh, Hard Rock and UTMB are at polar opposites <laughs> of the spectrum. Hard Rock, you know, they, they want it to be family-like, uh, so close-knit, 145 entrants. And the Plenty's, Catherine and Michael, went in the opposite direction. And it's, well, it's what some people call a circus. There's over 10,000 people there. They now have five different events so if you're there during UTMB week, it's quite the scene. And if you want to meet people, that's a good place to do it. But if you want to just be in the mountains, eh, you might want to go do it at another time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like I like both. I like the 
weeks like Hard Rock where it's really close knit and everyone, pretty much everyone there is with each other the whole week because there's not very many people there. Um, and it feels a lot more remote, but I also love the, the big events like UTMB and the excitement around it and seeing other people who live in the area who don't even run be really excited about it. So I kind of right. like everything. Right. They, they appreciate their mountain sports. They do. It's awesome. They all come out to see the finish and it, it doesn't really matter if they've ever ran in their life. They still enjoy watching it. Oh, they're out in the middle of the night. (laughs) I mean, it could be two o'clock in the morning. You're going over. I can't remember how to pronounce those passes before you come into Cormier. And it's the middle of the night and there's bonfires lit next to the trail. People out singing and drinking. Yeah. And they'll go up five miles up the trail, super remote trail just to cheer you on. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I agree. It's, it has to be experienced. It's its own deal. Well, good for you. That sounds like good objectives. And Justin, you mentioned some FKTs coming up. What else? Uh, of course, you two are, are out there previewing the course at for Sonoma, Lake Sonoma on April 11th. Obviously, that's on the calendar. What else are you thinking? Yeah, a lot of my next six months, I guess, depends on Lake Sonoma. So if I get a golden ticket, I'll have to entertain doing Western States, which would change the trajectory of my summer if not i'd probably go do a race or two in europe um the timberline trail is an fkt i want to go after this fall i'd like to do it supported because tyler green is a good friend of mine and i don't want to take his unsupported so i'd do it with like a group of people supported um Let's, let's pause for a second. I like that the way I'm looking at it. So the person who has the unsupported time is a friend of yours, and you don't want to be competitive, so you just do it supported so you're not competing with him. Yeah. All right. All it's right. A, it has like a sentimental meaning behind it. it, like some family stuff, and I think it's a special one for him to have, and he has a lot more ties to the Timberline Trail than I do, so I'd feel like a bit of a jerk. <laughs> going and trying to steal it from him so I'd rather just do it with some friends supported and I'd ask him to support me too because he knows the ins and outs of it so we could have some fun well I have to make a personal editorial comment I appreciate that way of looking at it because um, we just today we had six FKTs being submitted I mean this is you know the second week in March so it's just crazy things are taking off you know naturally people want to put their mark on the wall so that's just great but every once in a while if I may note this people are looking to how they can squeeze it in and so they do the opposite of what you do they're looking for the slow time and so they can do better and Peter usually writes back and says do what you want to do I mean, you don't have to set a FKT. You know, do what makes sense and see how it goes. Uh, Indeed, there's occasional, it's pretty rare, but some routes we have winter and summer on. And so back in in New England, uh, some people wanted to do some winter FKTs, which sounds legit, but then, of course, if you get it, if you get really good spike conditions, and I mean Petula micro spikes, right? You two have owned Petula micro spikes here in Boulder. Same thing. If you get good spike conditions, it's actually faster in winter than it is in summer because those rocks suddenly aren't there anymore and you can make blazing descents. 
And so we said, you know, why don't you just do it in the best conditions, set the fastest time you can, and let the seasons just leave them alone. Right. Okay, so you're getting back on the Timberland maybe. So sorry for my little uh, exposition there. So anything else, Justin? Four paths intrigues me. Um, Ah. Long-term superior hiking trail. It's one I want to go after, and I know there's a few fast women that are also interested in that. Um, but a, there's a handful. I mean, fast ones, because that's what they're for. You're right. No, and some of these times, we noticed this in the Fastest Known Time of the Year Awards uh, a couple months ago, that some of the previous big routes that got a lot of attention got none. JMT, Appalachian Trail, and Rim to Rim to Rim got no attempts in 2019, possibly because the times are so fast. So, Justin, I really appreciate your attitude. Okay, you know, forget it. Throw down. Do your best. And what you can always do, and listeners should hear this too, you can always just do your best and just post a comment on the root webpage. So if you go for Rim to Rim to Rim, you come up short of Walmsley, who, after all, was 22nd at the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trial. So he's a pretty quick guy. And if you come up short, don't worry about it. Just post your time in the comment section and said, hey, this is what I did. Totally, yeah. I mean, and it's fun. I mean, they're beautiful routes. They should be run. Right, right. You don't have – it's like a race. You don't have to win in order to enjoy the race. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, so I heard a quote, someone said, if you don't enjoy the process, you're definitely not going to enjoy the destination. Totally. That applies well to running. Yeah. Anything yeah. else you're thinking, Justin, you mentioned four passes, Timberline, Rim to Rim, and the Superior Trail, which is uh, Minnesota. That's yeah. uh, the shore of Lake Superior. Yeah, no, I get a, I mean, I get a huge kick out of supporting people in their attempts too, like hopping in with Ladia last fall, summer, trying to hang with Amanda for a short period in Kauai. <laughs> but um and kind of pursue some of these things as well. And it's easy to turn them into fundraisers for the foundation. So I think we could have a lot of fun this summer with random FKTs around the country. The JMT is one that also it's longer with the longer ones, you kind of have to set aside a couple of months because it's going to take some recovery, especially with how intense they are. But those are all of interest to me. Which one? Part of the PCT, John Muir. Oh, John Muir. Okay. Right. John Muir is super classic. It did not get any attempts in 2019. Uh, those, those are quick times, of course. Darcy put down a very fast woman's time. She was ahead of the men's time for first two days in fact but no reason not to go do it here's a, yeah. another side note we recently didn't really announce this but we recently established 10 premier routes calling them premier routes in the uh, north america that simply were the routes that got two or more nominations for fastest known time of the year and the john muir trail is one of them so for the premier routes, we'll definitely be tracking them closely to bring uh, attention to your effort. 
And we're also letting people know that they definitely should announce in advance. Most people do that anyway. You know, I'd say, and certainly you would, Justin, want to yeah. bring some attention to the foundation. Yeah. But we want to make sure everybody announces in advance. So if someone's going to go for a rim to rim to rim or the Appalachian Trail, you don't want to hear after they finished, oh, by the way, then people might start raising, raising some eyebrows. So oh. to protect the trust and integrity, we're saying announce in advance. So if someone wants to come out and watch and cheer you on, they can. Yeah, no, I think they should definitely be announced in advance. Good, good. So if anyone wants to know what the premier routes are, they can see them on the Fastest Known Time website. Pure down, pull down the More tab at the top under FKT Guidelines. It's at the bottom, the 10 premier routes. Well, this is good, you two. You, boy, you're just uh, out and about living the life. Yeah. yeah, I think I've been traveling more than I've been home. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, by the way, I'm, I am in Colorado, so it has been in the uh, 60s recently. So it's safe to come home now, Amanda. Okay. Justin, okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about you, however. Yeah, never <laughs> safe to go back to Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I very much appreciate the conversation. And if other people have appreciated it, feel free to donate in person. You can donate via Patreon or however you want to do it. And if you're liking the podcast, please subscribe and please rate it. Rating the podcast, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, or iTunes, brings more people to it, let, lets more people know the existence. So feel free to chip in there however you might want. And Amanda and Justin, it's been a delight talking with you. I hope to hear from you again later on this year. Yeah, you too, Buzz. Thanks. Yes, thanks a lot for having us. 